Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Brainwaves. Hear the world differently. Bringing community mental health to you, raising awareness and challenging stigma. Tune in to 3CR Community Radio, Wednesdays at 5pm. Melbourne's Drive Time Radio Program, featuring community organisations, powerful stories and information. Find us at brainwaves.org.au. Proudly sponsored by Wellways Australia. Welcome to Brainwaves on 3CR 855am, 3CR Digital Radio and 3cr.org.au. My name is Kaylin and this week is very special as we'll be talking to a very dear friend of mine who has kindly offered to share how she has been managing her mental health during the pandemic. Welcome, Christina. Hello, thank you for having me. No worries at all. Thank you for coming to share with us. Now, the most important question that I have to ask you before we get started is do you have your coffee? Actually, <laughs> I had a very the... big coffee earlier. <laughs> I've, I've got my water. Oh, you've I need got my your water, water now. <laughs> good, good, good. Because, yeah, the one thing about Christina and I is we always, we, we are known for drinking a lot of coffee and we have a shared yes. love of coffee and, yeah, so that's a common thing. But, yeah, that, that'd be right. The one time I asked them, there's no coffee, that's fine. But, um, <laughs> all right, let's get started. Um, so do you want to tell our listeners a bit about your journey um, with mental illness? Okay, uh, it is, or ha- has been, is, I guess, um, lifelong. Yeah. And for as, uh, gosh, for as far back as I can remember, I knew something wasn't quite right, mm-hmm. but I didn't know what. Um, and so I was, yeah, sort of uh, dealing with, uh, depression and anxiety from as, I don't know, as young as look even eight. And um, it wasn't until I was in my 20s that I was diagnosed with depression. Was that like through and a psychologist diagnosis? Uh, with my GP. With the GP, time. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that started um, my trial and error, I guess, with antidepressants. Mm-hmm. Um, and still, like, it helped a bit, but still something wasn't quite right. So I sort of went about my everyday life working um, <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> with with anxiety. Oh my um, goodness! And you know, I did that for for ten years. And during that time, so before I had um, my first daughter, I had a a breakdown, oh. um, panic attacks the works. I thought, okay, no, something's definitely not right here. Um, Went and saw my GP at the time. We tried another medication. Um, 
And I started seeing a psychologist. Okay. Um, for the first time. Yeah. It's so a bit like that, point, isn't it? I was, you know, I yeah. found with, you know, often the GP would be the first protocol and it takes a while before you, you can get through to the psychologist. It must have been a thing around mm. that time. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, mm. keep going. Um, <laughs> right. um, and then from that point, it was a case of, okay, it's time to start a family. Okay, let's, you know, get it done. Mm. And um, I found uh, that it was absolutely overwhelming and mm. I had postnatal depression. And that wasn't something you, so that was something you'd experienced before or this was the first time or this was still with your first uh, child, is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay. still with still with number one. Okay. And um again, not really knowing that much about anxiety. So mm. I had done a bit of research about depression, but okay, all right, yeah. Um so got a newborn sleep deprived. Okay. I was a mess. Um, then things started to get a bit better as she got older and had baby number two and I fell apart again. Okay. And uh, at that point, I went to the O'Connell Family Centre for, for sleep because number one wasn't sleeping. And I had a six-month-old as well. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I was, I laugh now, um, <laughs> but I was at my, at my wit's oh, my end. Goodness, like yeah. I was completely like, oh, my God, on the floor crying for the work. Yeah. Um, and that was the first time I had spoken to a psychiatrist that I had been. So that was... Um, really interesting, but again, I didn't follow up with anything that they had advised me to do because I was like, oh no, 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 I can't. I'm too busy. Of you know, I've got the two two kids, and um, and then we made a huge leap um, as a family and moved cities interstate. Oh wow! So you've got all this happening all at once. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. And. Um, my anxiety got worse. But again, I didn't really know that much about anxiety, so I didn't know what I was experiencing. Mm. Um, and I couldn't leave the apartment. I couldn't take the girls to the park. I couldn't do anything. I was absolutely paralysed. Wow. And um, we had moved to Sydney. And in Sydney, there is the Black Dog Institute, and I filled out a questionnaire of theirs online, and as I was reading the questions, I was like, hey, that's me, mm. yeah, that's me, that's, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, I'm ticking every single box, okay, something's, something's not right, Um so then I got in contact with them and met a psychiatrist there who um, diagnosed me with bipolar 2 and anxiety. Wow. 
And it was the biggest aha moment of my life. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. No, that's 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 very intense. And and did you find there were, um, I guess, things in hindsight that you look back and went, ah, oh, that makes sense. This makes sense because I know for me, oh, absolutely. Yeah, looking back on my on my past, I had no idea what anxiety was. I feel like anxiety is one of those things that it hasn't really come into light. Say maybe in the past decade, um, a lot of people haven't realised how big of a role anxiety might have played in their whole life. And I know for me, I thought I just had depression. I had postnatal depression. Yeah. I had depression, blah, blah, blah. And then learning that I had anxiety and all these things that I've attributed to my whole life as being, you know, personality traits were actually yeah. part of my anxiety. Exactly right. Yeah. All right. Exactly well, right. Thank you for sharing that. It sounds like you've been through a bit of a journey, but it sounds like, you know, it's great that you're able to be aware of what you needed. You know, you could tell that there was something missing, that there wasn't something quite right. Um, yeah. And, you know, you did something for you and your family, which is fantastic. But I guess um, why I'm talking to you today is, um, you know, the world's a bit strange at the moment. We've been going through a pandemic and... Mm -hmm. Um, I thought it would be good to talk to someone who is experiencing that pandemic through mental health or mental illness um, and what that's been like for you. So how have you found managing your mental health uh, during COVID times? Um, I've been up and down. Mm. Um, in a way, it hasn't, I mean, it's definitely affected me more so through my children. Yeah. And yep. helping them to understand what's going on. And they've got a pretty good grasp, mm. but also their coping mechanisms, my coping mechanisms. Yeah. Um, not being able to take them to see their grandparents, not being able to um, do you know, regular things. Mm, like even um, the playgrounds were shut for, you know, yeah, period oh, of time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Um, a lot of, I, I guess, my my sleep's definitely been disrupted. Oh, I hear you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in, in in a funny way, it's actually gotten me out and exercising. Um, which I had been ordered by my doctor, separate health reason, mm. um, and and I was like, okay, well that's that's what I can do as my time out to get out of the house to physically yeah. put myself away from everything mm. and sort of in a in a mindfulness sort of way to just walk. Mm. Oh, it sounds like a great and way to, to do some, you know, self-care just for you. Take that time absolutely. for yourself. Yeah. Yep. No. And I've I found that um, being able to take that time for myself has made a massive, massive. difference. Yeah. 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 And and you said that you've you've managed okay apart from um you know I guess what's how it's been impacting the girls and then I guess how that impacts yeah. you. I know for myself, I found in the very beginning. I think we've talked about this outside of you know, in our own personal lives about how mm. for us living with anxiety um, that obviously mm. COVID causes is kind of like our normal. 
So it totally is, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like for everyone else, it's like cool. Now you know how we feel most of the time. Exactly. It's like now you know. <laughs> That's right. But interestingly, even though I felt that, I think probably for the first couple of weeks, periods throughout that time, I did notice that it was affecting me still. Like I was still, there were different types of, you know, I hate to use the word triggers, but there were different types of triggers. You know, for for me, it was things like when, you know, people started hoarding and I realised, you know, in the beginning it was like, oh, yeah. people are so silly, blah, blah, blah. But then not being able yeah. to find things was really stressful. And, and then, yeah. yeah, and then again, seeing people going out and doing things that they weren't supposed to be doing, ignoring restrictions, that also made me quite anxious as well. Yeah. Was there anything specific... I guess it's transpired over these couple of weeks or months that you found kind of exacerbated your anxiety aside from what's been happening with the kids? Um, when I am out and walking and seeing groups of people mm. not standing apart mm. and not moving aside as I'm walking or if I'm if I have to do uh, the shopping at the supermarket or what have you, people just sort of not really uh, being aware of the space around them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh. And that just sort of is like, oh, my God, I have to hold my breath. Yeah. <laughs> yep, no, I get it. Yeah. Quickly run, move around them. Oh, my God. Yeah, and, and you have to wonder, like, I know I wonder myself sometimes, I'm like, is this – is this a heightened emotion because of the pre-existing anxiety or is this normal? Are there other people feeling this? It's just really interesting mm. how our brains work and how we respond to that. Um, mm. Now, we did talk about the girls before and you did mention that, you know, um, they've been learning some new coping mechanisms. Um, yeah. Remote learning. Now, this has been a struggle for a lot of parents and a lot of kids. How have you found it? Well, let's call it what it is, crisis schooling. I think I've heard that term right, thrown yeah, around. <laughs> yeah, I, that's, that's spot on. Um, it, it's definitely given me an even bigger appreciation for teachers. Yeah. Um, we've got two two sides of the coin with, with my girls. Um, my eldest has not coped. Uh, at all, mm-hmm. um, she needs the structure. She needs the routine. She needs that. She knows she's got that support from her teacher. Whereas you know, we're mum and dad. We're you know, we don't we don't know any of this. Um, and the the younger one, it's a it was a matter of trying to keep her focused on the task at hand, and. <laughs> I'm I'm actually dyslexic, so it was really a yeah. I guess my anxiety um, got even higher because of that. It's like I can't do basic things. I can't help my kid. Mm. I can't help them. I don't know what to do, and it was just becoming really, really overwhelming. Um, what we did was we actually contacted. Uh, the school mm-hmm. and said, can the eldest come in twice a week? Because um, there is a small group of kids who can't stay at home. Essential mm. um, workers and whatnot, and, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the days that she has gone in, she's in a much better mood. 
um, she feels better about herself. Mm. Um, so it's actually been a positive. So, like, the virus-wise, I haven't been concerned because I know she's aware of keeping her distance, making yeah. sure she's washing her hands and all that, covering her mouth, yeah. all of that. Um, the, the little one, yeah, um, <laughs> she's bored. She's so bored. Oh. Um, and she's looking forward to going back yeah. um, as well. But again, at the same time, she, I mean, yes, it's hard for her to focus on some things, but um, she's... Uh, also aware of how important it is to, to wash your hands and keep your distance and all of that. So she, she'll she be okay as well. And then, you know, the, the relief yeah. when they go it's, back. It's, I feel like a lot of parents are going to feel that sense of relief. Um, yep. It's been a really interesting time. I think, you know, we've seen that uh, where some kids thrive, others, you know, need that extra support. You know, I've, I've seen kids who've mm. struggled without their peers that need that peer-based learning to be able to, yeah. to yeah, to yeah. function. Um, and it'll be interesting mm. to see um, how they go when they go back, you know, whether there'll be that transition period of kind of relearning how to be at school or whether it's just going to be quite easy for them um, to go straight into it. Do you think there could have been um, – a better way or managed in a better way or do you think it was just one of those situations where we all did the best we could all the schools did the best they could or I, I think everyone's done the best that they can with yeah. what they've got mm-hmm. everyone's been different yeah from, from other families that I've um, heard from everyone's been different yeah um, because it, everyone is different that's right exactly <laughs> yeah yeah, and it's just an unusual situation. Um, oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. And um, I, I'm remote learning, you know, our staying at home, trying to access supports that we normally would be able to have face-to-face, similar to schooling. Um, I know mm. myself, I've accessed telehealth um, a, yeah. few, a few different times. Have you mm. had to access that? You know, I don't know if you're currently seeing any clinical specialists or anything. Have you had to use telehealth or have you been able to continue um, face-to-face uh, appointments and things? I've been using um, the telehealth on FaceTime, basically, mm-hmm. um, with my psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. And I've still been going face-to-face with my psychologist. Okay, excellent. Yeah. And, and how have you found the telehealth service? Like, do you think it's something that, you know, we could continue to offer for accessibility um, maybe after absolutely. COVID? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For pe- I mean, for people who just, who, you know, if they've got anxiety that, about going outside or, you know, whatever conditions where they can't cope, um being able to just use a service like telehealth is massive, mm. absolutely massive. How many how many times, um, oh, I don't know about you, but I, I know I'm guilty of this before. How many is it, have you been that unwell that you've actually had to cancel an appointment? Um, not no. really. <laughs> well, there you go. Not really. But that's good. Yeah. But, yeah, whereas I'm that person that, you know, I have yeah. cancelled psych appointments before because I've just been so anxious that I couldn't actually 
leave the house. Whereas I know that if I had that support, you know, in a telehealth kind of or a FaceTime, Zoom, whatever you want to do, it might have been different. Yep. Mm. Oh, I've certainly been late to appointments because yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, over, the overthinking, the anxiety yeah. of, oh, my God, if I do this, if I do that, if I'm, am I going to get there in time? Is it, what's the traffic going to be like? Yeah. And it's like, oh, my God, just, yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Have you developed, um, besides your jogging, which is fantastic, and I congratulate you on that. That's wonderful that you're getting out and, and doing that. But besides that, have you developed any new coping strategies that you didn't have before or have you found some that you've utilized maybe I know for myself I've I've kind of I don't know some of the things that I used to do to help me with my anxiety uh, zoning out knowing to say turn off the media or shut down Facebook things like that I feel like they're the things that have become really helpful and useful to me knowing that I could just shut the world out when I need to yeah yeah I've I've ha- I have had to do that um, a few times, mm-hmm. um, just sort of logging out, just not looking um, at my phone, at social media, at the news, at anything, um, and just uh, either you know, gone doing some exercise or um, knitting, yeah, of course, yeah, which is our mutual anything. love as well, and how we first came to meet, correct. Um, and the other thing uh, I've been channeling my anxiety into cleaning oh that's fantastic can I have some of that (laughs) so much so that I actually finally organized my own space in the office that I share with my husband oh wow I actually sort of went okay I need to do this let's let's I've got nowhere to go, so let's just do it now. And I did, and it's awesome. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that's another thing too. Like that, you know, there's a lot of people out there who have found this time to be really productive. You know, I've seen a lot mm. of friends who've uh, reorganised things, uh, cleaned spaces, um, done some DIYs around. But then I've mm. seen other people who've found that pressure almost too much like there's been this you know undercurrent of you know you need to be doing all these things personal development and now's the time to do all that stuff you thought you could always do do you think that that's helpful um I think that putting the pressure on yourself to do all those things isn't helpful Mm. um because there shouldn't be that expectation that you have to be doing something. You can, you know, just chill out. You can relax, take that time for yourself, for self-care. Mm. Um, that's, I think that's what I've, I've found the most is just going, uh, going inward and sort of, reflective of what's going on in me and sort of working out, okay, well, how can I do this differently or what have you, whatever I've spoken to my psychologist with the session before or what have you, mm. um, and worked on myself, not not having to be physically doing something, I guess. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it's more like a continuation of what you would normally be doing, but not 
that pressure I, on I yourself. So. Yeah, not that pressure yeah. on yourself to have this amazing epiphany or, you know, completely redo your house mm. or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, I think I feel the same way. I mean, I'm, unfortunately, I haven't had the, the cleaning bug. I would love that. But, yeah, I think I've been <laughs> working more on myself inside because I've kind of had to. I've had that um, yeah. had that space to do it. Um, do you think that there are changes that have happened during COVID that, that could stick around, whether they be um, related to mental health or otherwise? Um I know for myself, uh, I'm loving, like as I said, t- the telehealth. Um, mm. I also am kind of loving the fact that we're um, that we're finding new ways to connect, which is really good. Um, yeah. What about you? What have you found that you've kind of has been a positive? Um, the telehealth <clears throat> for sure. Yeah. Um, a lot. I've. I mean, I've seen when I have been on social media, a lot of. People are talking about mental health and how they're feeling when they've never experienced the anxiety uh, or, or anything like that. Um, so it's it's coming into the fore of their mind and it's like, oh, okay, so I kind of get that person now and why they feel and how they feel. So there's it's it, it is connecting. Absolutely. Everyone's connecting and thinking about it. And it's like, hey, you guys, this is actually absolutely normal. Mm. And, you know, let's break down and get rid of the stigma around mental health. Yeah. And I feel like it's been forced too. Like we've had no choice. We've had to, to face it. And I think a lot of people might yeah. come out of this situation not only realising that, mental health is something that is quite normal and is apparent and happening for a lot of people but they might even have discovered that 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 for themselves during this time mm. you know there's a lot of talk around needing extra support for mental health due to the trauma that comes out from the other side of this and all sorts of different mm. um ways you know i think we have a newly appointed um, mental health minister from what i heard which is yeah. the first time we've ever had anything like that so yeah, I agree completely. I've, I've a lot of people I've spoken to have said they finally feel seen. Um, yeah, it it's not like this, you know. That we often talk about um, mental health being the invisible illness, you know, like mm. like like chronic pain, similar kind of, you know, that that sort yeah. of same way. So hopefully people can can now understand and relate as well. Yeah. yeah. So before we wrap up, I thought my last question to you would be, and thank you so much for coming on the show today, um, if you could impart some wisdom on others who may be suffering with their own mental illness um, during this time or even after this time, um, what would that be? Ask for help. Yeah. It, it is the most courageous thing you can do is to to go, okay, I've identified this in myself, I need the help, ask for help. Um, and it's almost the hardest thing to do really, isn't it? It, it is, it is, it really is. Um, because I'm the sort of person who won't ask for help. Mm. And, you know, I had to hit rock bottom a few times before I asked for help. Um, and it is... The, the strongest, most courageous thing that you can do for yourself, 
No, that's great yeah. advice. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks, Christina, for coming on the show today um, to talk about your lived experience with mental illness and how you've managed during the pandemic. Um, it's been really great to have you on the show, and I think our listeners will really thank find you. uh, your story both familiar and helpful. Um, so thank you, thank you, thank you. And, um, yeah, you can listen to our podcast of our show on iTunes, the 3CR website, and at brainwaves.org.au. If you'd like to send any suggestions for the show, you can do so by emailing us at brainwaves at worldways.org. Thanks for tuning in today, and we'll be back next Wednesday at 5pm for another episode of Brainwaves. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.